Hello everyone and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by Allison Aletha. Al, how you doing? I'm... I'm doing okay. <laughs> I had a very, oh. very, very stressful, busy week. I was acting manager at work for the first time ever in my life. And that was something, so, and I'm going to keep doing it for a month, so I'm just trying to chill and relax, and that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> acting manager on your day job, acting manager at Zelda Dungeon for most of the time. <laughs> what the can't time. <laughs> Allison do? Um, we've got a great, we've got a great show for you today. I just want to get straight to business here. Uh, we've got a great show. We, uh, we passed a little bit of a milestone couple weeks ago and of course we had some plans of doing some shows about um, the oracle games and skyward sword hd was then announced so we had to put this show off for a little bit but we recently passed our three-year anniversary of the champions cast and uh today we wanted to go back and kind of reflect a little bit about how much has happened in the world of the legend of zelda in those last three years so we're going to be i guess quote unquote power ranking and reminiscing all of the Zelda video game announcements that have taken place since we started this back in 2018. And of course, we couldn't do it without the man that was there day one. Started all right with me. We've got a very special guest, Taylor Wells. How are you, buddy? Oh man, it's really good to be back, honestly. I've missed you guys so much. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Hey, it's, uh, <laughs> good to hear that voice. Good to hear uh good to hear th some things have probably never changed, I'm assuming. You you still uh Wind Waker your favorite Zelda game? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Love it. I've I've yeah, never loved a thought. game more. <laughs> oh, man. So, I mean, yeah, we we couldn't we couldn't do this show uh without without you here uh, cuz a lot of these a lot of these big announcements over the last three years happened under our watch, and and now we can kind of reminisce and and talk about them a little bit. And uh, you know, I, I guess we kind of touched about, or we kind of touched on this on um, episode 100 that we did the live stream for. But uh, really, credit for this show is is just like there's no Champions Cast without uh, without Taylor Wells. So it's good to have you back here, bud. Well, I'm honored to be here, and I really thank you for inviting me back on to do this episode. It's uh, it's gonna be a real pleasure. Yeah, and you know what? While we're while we're giving some love here, we should also kind of give a shout out to um, some of the some of the other co-hosts that we've had over the years. Uh, and let's start out with the other person that was here for day one, and that is uh, Savannah Galt. And she, I was talking to her just the other night actually, and she is uh, apparently going on a road trip to meet another. Uh, very regular guest of ours, uh, Kat Vadam. So Ooh. shout out to those two. I'm, I'm sure that they're going to have some fun. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Shout out to her as well. Um, Love Savannah. And of course, to Mr. Kevin O'Rourke, who uh, I believe just, I think him and him and Skip just bought a house. So that's really awesome. And uh, my congratulations go out to them. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm wishing nothing but the absolute best for those guys. So uh shout out to kevin as well yeah i'm in regular contact with them and uh, they're doing really really well they just got a house and they're doing really great so yeah actually definitely, Ashley sent me definitely pictures. all about them she sent me pictures Ooh, yeah and it looks nice. nice so i'm excited for them too all yeah, right that's a that's a that's a big like life achievement and, and just kind of goes to show like 
you know, again, like, man, it's been, uh, it's been an action packed three years of doing the show. Of course, last year, nobody could have ever predicted, um, lots of milestones for, you know, for, for me since starting this show, uh, I, I bought my house a couple months ago. So that w- I've had to up and change my, my podcast, uh, studio. Actually, I think twice Taylor, because I was in the apartment when we first started and then I moved to the townhouse. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I was in the apartment and, and my audio was just like the absolute drizzling, you know, what? <laughs> we all have to start somewhere. And, and I think it's cool because like you can go back and listen and you'd be like, ah, oh, like audio sounded bad back then, but you could definitely see the change that three years has done. And I think that's really, really cool. How far you've come, right? Yes. Uh, well, let's talk about you, Allison. And, uh, and, you know, we, we kind of talked about, Taylor and I talked a little bit about on episode 100, which if anyone listening to this is interested in, in hearing some behind the scenes stories of the Champions cast, including uh, some stories from my wife about what it's like to have to put up with someone who podcasts all the time. You should check that out. <laughs> but um, so we told some stories about the start of the podcast, Allison. Before we get into power ranking the Zelda games, tell us if you remember, because I'm going to be honest, I don't. <laughs> when... When was your first appearance on the episode? And as best as you recall, how uh, how did that come to be like a weekly thing? Um, let's see. My first appearance, it had to be like January 2019, I think. And I had a couple odd appearances um, from then. I think the first time I was on, it was also with Mossies. And I can't remember what we were talking about. but But it was a lot of fun. And then... I think I want to say around November 2019 is when I became a regular and I don't remember how it happened either. I think I, <laughs> I think I just offered to be helpful and then it just became a regular thing. <laughs> so now here we are and I love it. Was it your first episode with us talking about Skyward Sword, uh, Skyward Sword, like um, in, and what we were wanting from it and seeing what would happen? I, I don't know if that was the first, but it definitely was an episode, I'm sure. I, I know there was one with Rod, because we were all, we needed somebody to counteract me and Andy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Game. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's, shout out to Rod Lloyd. I'm going to be talking to him later today, actually, for Omega Metroid. Nice. Um, okay, well, let's uh, let's just dive right into it here. Let's reminisce. Um, of course, we want to... Let's let's just say the word power rank, and we'll we're not going to actually rank them, but we'll just kind of discuss and uh, reflect on some of the the big Zelda announcements that have taken place in the last three years. Because there's more than I originally thought when I was putting this list together. Only like, you know, obviously the Breath of the Wild two really stuck out to me. But when I was doing this, I was like, man, there is like a ton of of different games and, and different things that have been announced um, in the world of Legend of Zelda over the last three years. So let's just uh, let's just start off with the very first one, Taylor. This one happened basically as we started the podcast. In in fact, it might have even been a week or two before we started the podcast. But Nintendo had announced that uh, in January 2018 at a Nintendo Direct that Hyrule Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition was coming to the Switch in May of 2018, and we absolutely no sold it. I don't think that we mentioned it once in our in our podcast ever i don't think we ever talked about hyrule warriors at all I th- this one uh definitely flew under the radar i think we talked about 
some of the things that came out of it, but I, I, I think you're right. We never really actually deep dove into Deluxe Edition at all. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, and you're not, you're not like a Hyrule Warriors fan, are you? I actually really enjoy the Warriors series in general. So, like, I've always been a fan of Dynasty Warriors, Samurai Warriors, etc. So when they came out with a Legend of Zelda version of it, I was all on board. I played the game, and I really enjoyed it, but it was not one that stuck out to me as being, oh, I'm going to talk about this game for the rest of my life kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I guess fair to say at this point, too, this is like the third release of this game, so it wasn't extremely exciting. Because they right. had done the one on Wii U, and then they'd done the one on 3DS, and then uh, this this one that had all of the, the content in it on Switch, I was just kind of like, meh. Felt like there were bigger fish to fry in the early days of the podcast. So this one, if we were going to power rank these uh, these announcements and excitement level, uh, this would probably be dead last for me. Allison, I know that you're a big Hyrule Warriors fan, though. You probably had a little bit of excitement for this back in the day. I really did. And I think if I was on the show back then, I would have made you talk about it. <laughs> um, I really liked the original Hyrule Warriors that came out on the Wii U. Uh, it was like one of the first games that I bought when I got out of the military and um, I just remember being living back in my parents' house and playing that game and it was awesome and I loved it. So when they came out with the definitive edition, I thought it was really cool because they connected the two games, the two previous games to have all the content. They had the, like the new fairy system and um, they had a cool way to play um, two player without needing the, uh, the pad, the Wii U pad. So my brother, right. Shadon, also really likes it. So we were able to play together. So I was super excited. I couldn't tell you where I was or what I was doing during that announcement so long ago, but I was pretty stoked for it. And I knew that as everybody was complaining about it, having a third release, that I was going to buy it either way. So <laughs> I was excited. I liked it. Oh, man. You're a sucker. You're exactly who Nintendo was marketing to. I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy all uh, the really Yeah, Hy Hyrule Warriors. You know what? I actually might go and give it another shot. Because I played it. I I didn't like it at all. But I played the Wii U version. It's probably better on the Switch. I think Age of Calamity opened up my, my heart a little bit to the Warriors business. So I, I might go back and give it another try, by God. But yeah, that would be... Um, that would be dead last if, if we were actually going to rank all these uh, announcements here. Um, I don't know that it maybe I think that when we started the podcast, like we we had started with a, a list of topics that we wanted to talk about mm -hmm. right off the bat, and uh, you know, Hyrule Warriors I don't think was on anybody's short list. Let's just say. Well, to be fair, also Breath of the Wild was still like a really big topic of conversation, and especially for us having named the Champions cast after it. So a lot yeah. of it was kind of establishing who we were as as castmates, and then also you know kind of figuring out kind of our general perception of what Breath of the Wild was, what we liked about it, and then dovetailing into the deeper aspects of Legend of Zelda itself. And I think that's really what made made the cast work for a while. And then <laughs> Hyrule Warriors being a thing in the middle of that kind of was not an issue for us at the time. Yeah, that's it was uh It was a tree falling in a forest, let's just say. But that's a great <laughs> point. Like, 
you know, at, at this point, when we started the Champions cast, we're in February 2018. Breath of the Wild wasn't even one year old at that point. And to also to your point, um, the Champions Ballad had just come out, I want to say, in December. So we were still pretty, yeah. you know, we were pretty into that. I mean, we named the show after the Champions Ballad for, for better or for worse. Um, so, yeah, that's... <laughs> uh, <laughs> And to anybody starting a podcast out there, by the way, always put the name of the series of your of the show of the series that you're covering in the name of your podcast. Just gonna throw that out there for you guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Hyrule Warriors wasn't uh, wasn't a big splash for us, but it feels like for at least like the first year, maybe more of our podcast, um, it felt like there were all these rumors and rumblings and whisperings of like. Link's Awakening is going to get remade. Link's Awakening is going to get remade. It had been rumored for a long time for the 3DS. It had been rumored for the Switch. And it, it was just one of those things where it was like, there was all this smoke and there there had to be some fire to it. And eventually it was, I remember um, going over this direct in detail, actually. And this took place roughly about a year after the, uh, the Hyrule Warriors one. February 2019, Nintendo Direct... The direct ends with that wicked shot of like Link and he's looking all anime and he's on the boat and then it zooms into his face and you're just like, oh yeah. And then they completely flipped the game on its head and you have this cute, charming toy-like aesthetic that would eventually be the hallmark of Link's Awakening on the Nintendo Switch. This was uh, a big moment for Legend of Zelda, but it was a big moment for our show too because I think at the time our thoughts on Link's Awakening was the the biggest show that we had ever done. We kind of went nuts about it, and I I distinctly remember being super, super excited for this game because Link's Awakening, I think, has topped both of our charts, and we've talked quite a bit about it on the cast before. And so when we, we saw that, and we also had so much to talk about with that juxtaposition you mentioned between the art styles... But, you know, we, we kind of deep dove into that, and we had a no-holds-barred, let's figure everything out about this game before it comes out. And I loved every minute of that. Yeah, it was it was awesome. And just the, uh, it, it was almost, it reminded me almost of the Wind Waker in a, in a little bit of a sense. Because you remember when Wind Waker was announced, they had that, like, really cool Space World demo with, like, Link and Ganondorf fighting and, like, the really cool graphics and then they did the 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 cell shaded gimmick, and um, you know pe- some people were just like uh, less than impressed with it. Let's just say this was almost like a, the same thing, except on a much smaller scale. I feel like where some people saw the the opening anime intro and were like, "Oh, cool," and then were were a little bit uh, deflated by the uh, the toy aesthetic. I guess let's just call it. Um, I think that people got over it really quickly. But I do remember hearing a little bit of that initial backlash. Allison, do you remember, like, what were your thoughts when uh, Link's Awakening was was first announced? Um, I was super excited. So this was a direct that I was actually able to cover. Usually directs happen while I'm at work. I don't know what I was doing that day. Maybe I took it off or something. But Rod and I were hanging out in the chat, and that was, you know, standard, typical Nintendo Direct. They're like, okay, here's our last announcement. And we're like, okay, okay, is it Zelda? Is it Zelda? And it was. And I was excited because I had never played Link's Awakening um, up until that point. It just was one of those games that I didn't have much interest in, even though I knew I wanted to play it at some point, just so I could say I did. And then here was my chance. 
and I was super excited to see it. I loved the art style. I thought it was so cute. Kind of gave me like Misfit Toys uh, vibes. And like Link looks like the little elf guy from that. And I was just like, oh, it's so cute. <laughs> like who wouldn't love this game? And I was just excited because I know there's such a good following, like a really healthy following for this game that I never really understood. And then I was going to finally be a part of it. So I was super stoked about it. I did hear from some friends that they were just like, why would they remake this game? Uh, I'd rather have A Link Between Worlds remake. And I'm like, why? Like, <laughs> this game makes way more sense to have a remake. So I was I was rooting for it, and I was super excited to... Uh, I was really looking forward to getting it. I was always Man. confused about The Link Between Worlds. Like, it... The desire for a remake of that over Link's Awakening yeah, that more as well. Because really it's like, didn't Link Between Worlds just come out like six years ago? Why why do we and need a remake beautiful. of that already? Like, I didn't understand. I, I know. I heard that a lot. And I was just like, that is such a weird, like, I can understand if you're saying, oh, I want the Skyward Sword HD remake. Why aren't they working on that? I would understand that. But that was just. Or weird. a Legend of Zelda OG remake. That yeah, would make sure. a lot more sense. I mean, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know, Link Between Worlds in 2018 had been out, what, five years? Yeah. I want to say. It was odd. So that, that seems like an odd one. Yeah. And and especially, especially Link Between Worlds, and like, why wouldn't you remake A Link to the Past before you'd remake A Link Between Worlds? That, so that, that seems odd to me. And back but then, I've... too, the Switch hadn't, like, the Switches had come out, obviously, but the 3DS was still very much you know, a big part of Nintendo fan base's lives. Like, you yeah. know, we still had, you know, Smash Smash Brothers uh, Ultimate hadn't yet come out. And, you know, we were still all playing Smash 4 on, on 3DS. We're playing Majora's Mask Remake. We're playing um, Ocarina of Time 3DS. So it, it's not like the 3DS was dead and, you know, a new version no of the 3DS had come yeah. out. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, yeah, uh, like honestly, e I would yeah I would argue even now like it's uh, I bet you that most people probably still have their 3ds's and probably still have access to this game. Like in in my opinion, I've said this before, but like the games that should be remade are games that either need to have something fixed or they're not easily accessible. And I don't think that Link Between Worlds was either of that. And in a way, I actually don't know that Link's Awakening was either of that as well. But, yeah, I mean, definitely more so than A Link Between Worlds. Um, I can definitely look back at Link's Awakening because I was actually playing Link's Awakening uh, a lot during that year of uh, the summer of 2019 in preparation for the Zelda Dungeon Marathon. And I was playing Link's Awakening a lot. And there were definitely some things where I was like, oh my god, this is so annoying. And we just saw them playing the Oracle games too, Al, where it's like you got unequipped your sword and like there's not just a yeah. designated sword button and like you you can't just pick up pots and like you there's no there's just a lack of buttons for these Game Boy games. And, um, you know, that that was very obvious in, in Link's Awakening as well. And I mean, yeah, for sure, it, it would be nice to have some some more updated graphics and an updated um, soundtrack. But I wouldn't say that those were, like, you know, absolutely essential things to make Link's Awakening this really masterful game, because in my opinion, it already was. But I was definitely really, really curious um, about this about this remake, and I really did love 
the art style that they went for. And I remember thinking when they showed it, because they the initial trailer was all like very happy go lucky kind of imagery, and I was like, man, I can't wait till they get to like some of the darker places like the uh, like the graveyard or like in inside the actual um, egg. Like, I think that this will actually look really, really cool. So I, I remember being really excited for that. I do remember having one big beef with Link's Awakening for the Switch. I still have this beef. I hate that they just named it Link's Awakening. I yeah. hate it. Remember, they, we had a man, big conversation about just that. It <laughs> Reawakening. Link's Reawakening, by God. What a great name that is. Oh, oh man. I, I remember I, that, I too. I understand it. And I guess maybe because <laughs> I hadn't played the original. I hadn't played the DX version. So, for me, I was just like, yeah, Link's Awakening on the Switch. That's, like, that's all I cared about. So, I mean, I kind of get what you guys are saying, but at the same time, I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> I I don't, you know I don't remember if I did, but I, th- I want to say that I kind of brought up, just to play Devil's Advocate, that ocarina of time and majora's mask didn't really get a name remake either it was just kind of ocarina of time 3ds and then majora's mask 3d or wind waker hd twilight princess yeah skyward sword hd I, i think even even that is like i'll take even that just to like because you know when we write articles on zelda dungeon it's like you can yeah you can talk about ocarina of time but you can specify ocarina of time 3d or ocarina of time Whereas this one is just kind of like Link's Awakening or Link's Awakening um, brackets Switch, which is... Or brackets 2019 video game, as it is on Wikipedia. (laughs) So, and and I mean, this, you know, people listening to this are probably rolling their eyes and be like, what's the big deal? Uh, And it's not a big deal, but it's, it was something that I was just like, ah, when I heard it. So, and I, I still just go like... It just, it, I don't know, it just bugs me. I wish they, it's a reawakening, man. It sounds so cool. Heal Spateri again, striking with that hot iron. (laughs) I just wonder who came up with that art style because it is so, it's just so great. It's so cute. Beyond anything that we've had before, too, with Zelda, and I I love it. I just think it's so good. And to this day, it's still probably one of my favorite things about that trailer and about that game, too, is just when. Uh, when Link is fishing and he just turns to the camera and gives that big goofy grin, <laughs> like it's so cute, it just melts my heart every it time. Make me want to play this again. Yeah, yeah, that's that was good stuff. Um, all right, so I remember this one as well because this is around the same time, maybe like a month earlier. Um, there was a indie direct going on from Nintendo, and you know what? Lots of times, people don't really pay attention to these indie directs because lots of times, you know, there's not really, there's not really that big Nintendo game that that people are dying to play. Like I think most people that own the Switch own it because they want to play Nintendo games, right? And I love the indie directs because I I'm a big indie gamer and I just I'm cheap and I want to spend as little as possible on my games. Um, so I I always get really excited when an indie direct comes on, but. I think that not a lot of people probably were, would be fair to say, but I remember this one, and I believe it was in January of 2019. I remember this Indie Direct ending in the most bonkers way possible when all of a sudden we got this trailer for what looked to be a sequel to this really niche game called Crypt of the Necrodancer, and that was like a rhythm game where you had to move along to the beat. And then all of a sudden you hear the Zelda music come in and you're like, huh? 
And then all of a sudden you see Link and Zelda and you're like, huh? And then all of a sudden you see the gameplay where they're like moving and bopping and jumping to the beat. And I was like, what am I watching here? Like, what is this? And I thought that it was so cool. Of course, this would go on to be Cadence of Hyrule. Uh, one of the weirdest Zelda spinoffs that we've probably ever had, probably ever will have. And I remember watching this and like, I was absolutely in love with it. I, I thought that it was such a great concept. I was excited that it had happened during an indie direct. And um, they didn't really give us a whole lot. There was just the initial trailer. But, you know, for a guy like me, I, I love the music of Zelda. That's a big draw for me. So, like, I was like, great, a game based around the music. Um, this is This looks like it's right up my alley. But I remember that a lot of people, and unfortunately a lot of people to this day, saw that trailer and were just like, ugh, this looks dumb. And uh, the reception wasn't exactly overwhelmingly positive, but I, I feel like I remember you being pretty excited about this too, Taylor. Yeah, I looked at it and, I, I mean, you know me, I really, really do get into the music side of not not just Zelda, but things in general, because I'm one of those kind of people that thinks that music tells a story. So Zelda's music has always been phenomenal, and to see a game really try and focus on that aspect really excited me. Yeah. No, Al, what, uh, so you, you weren't, this is probably about the time that you were guesting on the Champions cast, but maybe not, uh, maybe not like full time yet. What did, what did you think when you saw this weird music <laughs> dancing rhythm game being announced at this indie direct i also really like the indie directs i love indie games like i just feel they do so well with telling stories and some of my favorite games are indie games so i also watched this one and and then i was hearing the music for this game and i was like this is zelda music and i was super stoked about that because I feel like, you know, Nintendo holds on, holds on to Zelda so tightly that y you don't see a lot of other companies doing, you know, making games for it. So I was really excited that we're getting some kind of other, you know, um, some other minds to the to our series that we love so much. And then it was a game, like a type of game I've never played before. So, and it was cute. It had a cute art style. The music was remixed and it was, it was like really bumping. And I was like... I was, like, jamming while I was watching the trailer. And, I mean, I'll say, like, first of all, Cadence isn't my favorite game. I like it, and I've played it all of one time. Um, but it's still, like, it's still an interesting game, an interesting concept, and I love that it has a Zelda skin, and you can use Link and Zelda in it, and the enemies are familiar, and it's just, like, it's such a nice, like, I wouldn't say happy, but it makes me happy, if that makes sense. It's, like, a warm, cool different style Zelda game and I, I liked it yeah I think when we after the game came out and we had all played it I think Andy is the only one who really did super well in it I want to say out of out of the three of us I don't know I, I think Mossy's did pretty well in it too or, or Gooey at least um, but I, I very quickly realized that this game taught me that I really suck at rhythm games like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, Me too. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it all the same. And uh, it, it, again, like Allison, it's not my favorite Zelda-esque game, but yeah. I love that they went with it. I love that they did it, and I love that people love it. Yeah, and it gives, like, it give, I think I was more excited about the fact that it was another 
company getting to use like the Zelda, you know, the the Zelda thing. Yeah. So it gave yeah, me Yeah, Nintendo branching out with that. Exactly. Yeah. So while maybe it's not my favorite game, it gives me real like I'm super excited and it gives me hope that this will happen more often now. Yeah, and to no be fair, I, I think it has. That's a great point. Like, since, since Games of Hyrule, I think they kind of have, they've been a little bit looser <laughs> with it. I mean, not completely taking the rain, take, uh, release the reins, so to speak. But I, I think they're definitely a lot freer with the idea of Zelda being out there in formats that are not necessarily A.G. and Shigeru Miyamoto's sole providence. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you there, um, where it's like, it feels like it's a little bit looser, um, it, it, because for a long time, Nintendo treated Zelda very seriously, and, and as they should, right? As they should. Right. But um, I, I do think that there is value in, like, loosening that a little bit, and now you can have a game like Cadence of Hyrule, and now you can have a game like Hyrule Warriors, and, like, maybe we can get a Zelda game on our phones or something. And, like, even now you can have the uh, the Chamber Dungeon part of Link's Awakening, which, you know, wasn't exactly a hit, but at least they tried it, right? So I, I do feel like they're experimenting a little bit more, but I, I kind of, too, just really liked the idea that, like, they were giving The Legend of Zelda to a brand-new studio, and not to do, like, a remake like they had done with Grezzo, um, and, but, like, here is, here is the Zelda property. Go make a game, and, you know, we don't... I'm assuming that Nintendo didn't really have a lot of involvement in making Cadence of Hyrule. Um, and they kind of did the same thing with Age of Calamity too, but obviously they had more of a hand in making that. But um, yeah, I, I really like the idea of it that they were just like, okay, you guys, you, you know, it, somebody obviously really liked that Necro Dancer game because it feels like a random game and a random studio to, to just pluck out of the, the water and say like, okay, you get Zelda. So somebody obviously really liked that game. And was just like, you know what? This is great. Make it with Zelda characters. And, and you know, it doesn't cost us much. We'll promote it. And um, there you go. There's a Zelda game. And I really did like that game. Um, I, I think I probably like it the most out of anyone, maybe anyone in Zelda Dungeon. I don't know about that. But uh, I, I definitely like it a lot more than a lot of other people. Uh, I do have a funny story about playing Cadence of Hyrule. Or actually not playing Cadence of Hyrule. We were at the Zelda Dungeon 2019 Marathon. And I was scheduled to play Cadence of High Rule with my good pal Gooey Fame at 6 a.m. <laughs> and at about 2 a.m. the night before, uh, let's just say I was in no condition to play anything at 6 a.m. the next day. So I think I played about 30 miserable minutes of Cadence of High Rule <laughs> and then promptly Pat like just was like, Gooey here you go. And I gave him the joy cons and, and disappeared and went into a hole somewhere and died. If nothing else, it was a fantastic, uh, <laughs> representation of cadence of Hyrule. And I think it really sold the game for Nintendo. Yeah. You, let me tell you, you have never seen anyone look so bad as you have Andy <laughs> Spateri playing cadence of Hyrule at the Zelda dungeon marathon. Dumb o'clock um, at its finest. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. I will say before before we move on real quick, I did want to say real quick about Cadence of Hyrule and overall kind of like Nintendo's thing right now in that you talked about kind of like their experimentation. And I think ever since Breath of the Wild came out and right next to that Hyrule Warriors, that Nintendo has been kind of like in a, I, I like to call it the Breath of the Wild renaissance and where everything they've done I want to say over the past like eight to ten years with 
with Zelda specifically has been all about experimenting and going in new directions and trying new things with the series, whether it's, you know, branching off into a, a side spin Pokemon Conquest type thing with Hyrule Warriors or doing something completely off the rails like Cadence of Hyrule. And I'm all for it. And I love that that's what this game brought to a lot of people's minds. Yep, Definitely. no doubt. And to, to echo what you said, like, um, I'm I'm glad that this game exists. Like, I'm glad that Hyrule Warriors exists. That's not my favorite kind of game, but I'm I'm just glad that it's there for the people that love it. I think that that's really cool. And I and I feel the same about Cadence here. Um, all right, well, let's... Uh, so I mentioned Link's Awakening and I mentioned Cadence because we are building up to the biggest day that Zelda has seen in probably a decade and probably still the biggest day that Zelda has seen uh, to this. It probably hasn't been surpassed since E3 2019. And let's go. I remember covering this live with you, Taylor, and I don't think that this was the year. I think E3 2018 was the year where I was like freaking out and you were taking a shower or whatever and like, and yeah. you remember that? I was yeah. just like, Taylor, where are you? We go live in like 10 minutes. <laughs> that was 2018, yeah. <laughs> so this, 2019, this we were ready E3. to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we were I think we were early for 2019. But you know, because we knew we knew that we had Zelda news coming up at uh, e- at E3 2019. We knew that we had Link's Awakening being showcased. We knew that we had Cadence of I Rule that you know, I think both of us thought that it was going to be shadow dropped that day. And for some reason it wasn't, but it was shadow dropped. Like, or they, they announced it was coming out like four days later. You remember that? I th- wasn't it next day? Maybe, maybe it was like, it was like an insanely close time to E3. Yeah. And it was, was like, like next why wouldn't day you or just that announce weekend. it today? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so we knew that we were covering uh, Link's Awakening and we knew that we were covering uh cadence of i rule and you know we were covering super smash bros as well and e3 did not disappoint for super smash bros that's when we got the hero trailer and we thought that the show ended with the banjo kazooie fighter trailer which would have been a perfectly fine and and good way to end the show the show had been really strong but then by god nintendo reached into its bag of tricks and they gave us one more thing the thing that we are still talking about all of this time later, Breath of the Wild 2. This was, if we were going to power rank, this would be number one without a doubt. I I couldn't believe it. I was freaking out. You were freaking out. We, uh, Allison, I'm sure wherever you were in the world, you were probably freaking out oh, too. I, you were probably covering E3 that day for Zelda Dungeon just in general, weren't you? I was not. Once again, I think Nintendo needs to consult my work schedule for when they schedule stuff. So agreed. Because <laughs> I was at work, and and the cool thing about my work is I'm mostly left alone, so I was able to like kind of tune in during that specific presentation. Everything else I kind of just like ignored because I had to work. But yeah, I was sitting there freaking out at my desk. My coworkers were walking by, giving me funny looks, and then I proceeded to watch the trailer several more times throughout the day and analyze it in my Discord channel with a bunch of good friends and like I literally got nothing done. Yeah, that Allison, now that you're the acting manager, can you make your own hours? <laughs> Just say like I'm taking the day off? Uh no. <laughs> That's not if how only, it works. Right? <laughs> Oh, man. I wish, though. Sometimes I do think about it. Sometimes I, especially if they give us a little bit more notice than, like, okay, we got a direct coming tomorrow, you know, then I'll, I will try to be like, 
hey, I got to work from home because I have a doctor's appointment <laughs> for like <Yes>. an hour. <laughs> you know? I, I remember uh, E3. I love E3 because you know ahead of time yeah. and not like two days ahead of time that it's going to be on that day. So I, I actually did. I was like, I need today off for my other job at Zelda Dungeon. So <laughs> see ya. Um, and then, yeah, I remember, uh, I remember covering this and like, Wow, what, because uh, I don't think anybody was expecting this. Like, it's very rare that we have, like, direct sequels in in Zelda. Yeah. And, it, like, it, it's just, I mean, it, in hindsight, it seems obvious because Breath of the Wild was, like, you know, the biggest Zelda game ever. But uh, I, I wasn't expecting it. It caught me out of left field. I had no idea what we were looking at when all that green swirly goop or whatever it was was coming out and you had the overhead shot. I was like... I wonder if this is like Animal Crossing or something. Oh Obviously not Animal Crossing, <laughs> it but looks you know, like it. I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> uh, so yeah, when they when they panned over to to Zelda and Link holding that torch, I was just like, "Holy cow!" And actually, I I thought that it might be DLC because I think we did E3 predictions at the time, Taylor, and and one of my predictions was like, "I feel like we're gonna have some more DLC." So that was my initial thought when we first mm-hmm. saw it. Was it, this was also the E3 where we, we made the huge competition bet where we made our predictions and we made a bet out of it. And, like, if we – if one of us lost, like, I would have to do a, a Wind Waker HD live stream of the entire game. And then if uh, you no, – no. let, let me tell you what it was, Uh-oh. Alley Wag. Because, <laughs> oh, God. So, 20, 2018, Andy versus Taylor. We make E3 predictions. Andy prevails – and Taylor and I have this uh, this this ongoing feud, I guess you will, about which Final Fantasy is the superior Final Fantasy. The answer is nine, my my favorite Final Fantasy. Taylor thinks the answer is eight, which is his favorite Final Fantasy. So the loser had to play the other uh, person's favorite Final Fantasy. So I won that year, but we wait. You waited so long to play it that I think when 2019 came around, you were victorious that year. And uh, I think we were just like, well, let's just call it a wash. Well, because I was planning to do it and I was waiting for it to come out on the Switch because it would have been easier for me to stream it that way. And it ended up did coming to the Switch. And then you were making fun of me for, what was it, like three months straight? The fact they didn't announce 8 for it, but they announced literally every other Final (laughs) Fantasy (laughs) at the time. (laughs) So I was like, all right, great, we'll do that. And then, yeah, you're right. E3 2019 came around. We made new bets. And then part of that bet, I think, is if I won, I didn't have to do that. Yeah, that sounds right. So, but yeah, no, I think that whole E3 presenta- presentation, we like had our mouths open just to the to the desk <laughs> the entire time with what was going on. And Breath of the Wild 2 swings around and both of us are just like, they didn't. They did not just do this to us, did they? And well, Nintendo being Nintendo, they just kind of, as you said, reached into their bag of tricks and said, look what we got, boys. <laughs> Yeah, I just, like, I was not expecting that at all. Like, at all. Um, so, Allison, you were at work when this happened. Uh, did, was there, was that a really long rest of your day, trying to to get out of there and then come back and talk about this with all your, your Zelda nerd friends? No, the thing is that I just sat there at my desk and talked to all my Zelda nerd friends. I literally did not get any work done that day. And I also did the same thing for another reveal that we'll talk about a little bit later. But I seriously was not productive that day. 
and I had to kind of like, we have to write reports about what we do, so I kind of had to embellish it, and I was like, I'm going to use my writing skills, and <laughs> I did a bunch of crap that I didn't do. <laughs> 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 um, but no, I literally, like, I was jumping between ZD and my own Discord, I was like, taking snapshots of it and posting it in the discord and being like this is what i noticed this looks cool what if this is this what if this is this um i was so so stoked because obviously that's ganondorf and i know like ganondorf is a constant canon he's a constant villain but like he just looks so ba and i'm so i was just like i i was geeking out to the max Nobody knew what was going on with me. I just told everybody to leave me alone. Ask the ask the lead the questions, not me. And <laughs> <laughs> and I was lost to the to the reality of everything else that was going on besides that moment. Because you guys are right. Like nobody expected it, which I think is like my favorite thing that happens um, during Nintendo's directs during their presentations is when they show us something that we haven't heard rumors about, we haven't seen leaks about. And I love just getting that shell shock of a surprise like that. And it was so good. Yeah. So good. I'm uh, like, I'm still really excited about it. I can't wait until they deliver it again later this year. Like we know they will. And ugh, it was a good moment. Nintendo really is good at dropping that that's bombs. That's the last that we've seen too. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Almost two years. Uh, My God. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, should we should we talk about Breath of the Wild too before we move on to the thing that I'm sure that you were alluding to, Allison? <laughs> I'm ready to jump to the thing I was alluding to. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Okay. Well, there. Uh, it, so 2020, we all know what happened in, in 2020, but maybe one of the bright spots, maybe not a bright spot, depending on who you ask, was it seemed that Nintendo had. Uh, changed or altered its strategy for announcing titles and we saw that first with paper mario um they announced it i want to say in may and it came out in like july so like very very short turnaround time and they did the exact same thing with the sequel to hyrule warriors we had hyrule warriors age of calamity uh this again was a total shocker it was announced it was just announced in like a random trailer i want to say september yep. 2020 and of course uh released in november of 2020 so just an incredibly short turnaround time from announcement to to release which you know what i i know that a lot of people really love that and so do i to an extent but i also i do love the hype train kind of aspect of it um taylor we've never got your two cents on that what do you what are your thoughts about like the short window release versus kind of the the buildup in the the hype train. Uh, I'm actually really torn about it because there's the side of me that's like, oh, we get a cool announcement about a really great thing, and then you know I get to turn right around and play it. But then there's also the side of me that also wonders, you know, how how good is this for the game? Like, does it mean that the game is just complete and they just decide we're not going to talk about this at all until we're ready to release it? Or, you know, is it one of those things where it indicates that they're not necessarily uh, excited about its prospects and they're kind of just wanting to get it out there and be done with it? 
So right. I, I'm kind of divided. I, I, I like both approaches. I think I guess it just depends on what kind of game I'm looking at and what kind of game I'm playing. For Hyrule Warriors, I didn't mind it so much because, again, as, as much fun as I have playing it, and I do enjoy the series, don't get me wrong, it's not the game I'm most excited about uh, when it comes to Zelda. So, therefore, you know, if I don't get this whole big buildup or hype, I, I'm, not as, I'm not as upset about it. I, I'm good. I just wonder. That's fair, and, and you know it's. I, I don't think that we're gonna see that. Yeah. Um. I don't think we're gonna see that return. I, I think that was probably just a, a product of necessity because of of the year that twenty twenty ended up being. But um, I I do remember feeling very excited that you know we could we could play this and uh and and not have to wait like this excruciating because I mean at this point it had been over a year since we had seen Breath of the Wild 2 with no kind of, uh, with no kind of, uh, f- like, future insight of when we might see it again. So it, it was really awesome to see something coming back to that world. Um, you know, Allison, you and I have talked about our thoughts on Age of Calamity, like, in, in the game and whatnot uh, a lot, and how, you know, there's been this discussion of what Nintendo presented and marketed yeah. versus what the final product ended up being um taylor did you ever get a chance to play age of calamity i played the demo i have not actually played the main game yet and i made a deliberate decision with that because of what i ended up playing in the demo and then finding out later so yeah so oh, you have yeah. uh you're privy to what happens in the story is that fair to say yes what quickly what are your what are your thoughts about that? Because I know that some people were were fairly disappointed about it, and and frankly, I think you know Allison and I were were a little bit disappointed as well because we wanted just a straight up prequel, and I think both of us kind of agreed that we were happy with the story that we got, but it wasn't necessarily the story that we wanted. So I'm curious to hear what your thoughts were. Um, initially, I want to say that it actually really upset me, and I was really surprised by my reaction to it, because I kind of sort of got that in the demo, in terms of, like, I, I was guessing where this was going, and I was surprised by how upset I became from it, and a lot of it just had to do, I think, with the fact that I'd look back at Hyrule Warriors 1, and how that game was just, it was so out there that everybody knew, okay, this game, there's no way this game is canon or part of the timeline in any, in any sort of way. And Nintendo basically came out and said, yeah, no, this, this game is just for fun, you know, have fun with it. And then Hyrule Warriors 2 comes out and the demo plays very much like they're saying, oh yeah, this happened. This is, this is actually going on. This is something that actually occurred in in the series and i was like whoa not okay with that because hyrule warriors or or the warrior series in general is not something that that should apply to when it comes to a game like zelda at least in my opinion shoot me if you will i get it but (laughs) when when i when i actually heard what happened in the game because i talked a lot about uh about this with dave um and he he loves Hyrule Warriors, uh, and he loves loves the whole series of of Zelda in general, as as right. we all know. Uh, so we had a lot of conversation about this, and we went back and forth, and uh, it ended up getting to the point where he had played through it. It was like two weeks after the game came out, and 
uh, he kind of sort of spo spoiled it for me, which I was totally okay with because I told him I'm probably not going to play this game for a while. And I was just like, I can't believe they did that. And it could have been so much more. And I really wish that they had saved it for an actual... Again, don't shoot me, fellow Zelda fans. <laughs> but it could have been saved for an actual Zelda game. Yeah. What do you think, Al? Should we shoot him? No. <laughs> I, under oh, okay. I totally understand <laughs> that feeling from both sides of the spectrum. Like, I get it. Because I was in the same boat. I wanted a certain thing. They promised us a certain thing. And I thought we were going to get a certain thing. And then we didn't. And it was okay. Like, I still liked it. And Andy and I have said this m multiple times. Like, with, it's okay to like the story, but still be kind of upset that it it wasn't what we were promised. And and it was a good story. Like, I like the introduction of characters and um, these aspects that we never would have seen in the Breath of the Wild uh like the canon story so i enjoyed it but yeah it was definitely it was definitely kind of um out of nowhere thing um i wonder i wonder if that is a product of the short marketing mirror like window because if we had had the full window it makes me wonder what other trailers would have come out other footage would have come out to get us hyped for this game um right you know more playthrough of it showcases of it um item descriptions character descriptions all these things that they could have done in six to nine months versus the two months they gave us where they were like right. this is a prequel and you were you're gonna see what happened 100 years ago and then that didn't happen so maybe it really wasn't a good thing that they did this i understand why they did it was definitely a product of you know the pandemic last year they probably were gonna announce it in march or april last year and they couldn't so they had to figure out a different way to go about it and still have their release window of november i don't doubt that they had that all along so right it's maybe like when i was thinking about it before i was like you know this is fine i actually really like you know that they announced it and i got to play it two months later that was really cool i didn't have to wait but i think i'd rather wait and get all the marketing value from it you know that way I could make a, a decision kind of like Taylor did where I was like, do I really want to play this or will I go into this thinking it'll be one thing and it's going to be another? Like I could have had a more um, good idea of what I was going into because I'm pretty sure a lot of people were shell shocked by it. Uh, and, and like the, the demo that we were talking about, the, I don't want to say the spoiler, but like the, the incident where you know that, this is not going to be what we think it's going to be it happens like essentially immediately, like in the opening cutscene of the game yeah. where you see Terrico open up this time portal and go into this like other time. So like right away you can see like, Oh, this, this is going to be something else and not what I expected. Um, and it was completely different people... from Hyrule Warriors one. That, that was the other yeah. really surprising things that they, you know, they had a very clear direction with Hyrule Warriors 1. They're like, you know, it's all your favorite characters in Dynasty Warriors. This one, it was, it's Dynasty Warriors, but it's Zelda. And see, I, I actually liked that. Because my problem with Hyrule Warriors 1 was like, this feels kind of pointless. But with the with the story and like the, finding out what happened in Breath of the Wild, I was like, okay, I can, I can slog it through this gameplay to get to the story. So when the story wasn't exactly holding up its end of the bargain, I was just like, 
Huh. I don't, I don't know. I, and I've seen some people call it like a bait and switch. I don't know if I would go that far, but I can absolutely understand people that are turned off by what, um, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity ended up being. But, you know, at the time when it was announced, I was just like, this is awesome. But I did kind of have a little bit of that, uh, that sadness that there wasn't the the big hype train because that's one of my favorite things about like a big game and i and i think that that really added to breath of the wild is like yeah we had to suffer through all these delays and stuff like that but like it just built up the mystique about this game to to a point where it's like we have to play this and age of calamity didn't uh didn't get that and i think that you know we can actually see that reflected with in in our episodes because typically when we talk about Age of Calamity, it's not as, um, it's not as downloaded, I guess I'll just say, as, as some of the other mainline Zelda games, which I think is a little bit too bad. Yeah, for I sure. Yeah. I, I, it always saddens me when, like, a Zelda game doesn't do as well as it could have done. You know, regardless of my feelings of the actual Zelda game, you know, like, it, it, if Wind Waker had sold, like, crap, I, I would have been upset about that. I would have wished that the game had sold better because anytime a Zelda game does really well, it means I'm going to get more Zelda. And at the end of the day, you know, that's all I care about. Uh, but I got two questions for you guys. And that's, you know, going back to what Allison was talking about, the, the short marketing schedule. I'm kind of wondering how long uh, Age of Calamity was in development for. Ooh, because... Yeah, because it would be really interesting to see, you know, how long was the development of this affected by COVID-19 and not just the the marketing of it? I... How long... How long did they put into that story? How long did they put into the to the mechanics? Or is it... Does it, like, play or feel like a port of... Or a remake of the... Of the first game? Oh, definitely not. No. Definitely not. I think that... So... My thoughts initially when I was looking at this news is I want to say 2018, like November. Um, somebody can prove me wrong if they want to. Um, there were at, uh, like um, job postings for Zelda games. and mm -hmm. um, I remember Nintendo. that, yeah. So I was thinking, oh, they're working on the next mainline Zelda game. And as, you know, 2019 came into view and we saw Breath of the Wild 2, I was like, that's what they've been working on. I think they were actually working right. on Age of Calamity. I think that this so game was I, ready to be announced last March, but they couldn't because of COVID. Okay. I, I would bet you my house that if we had E3 in 2020, Age of Calamity is what ends the show. Yeah. And that the game was pretty much pretty much ready to be done. It was probably in the final touches. Um, I, I think that we probably would have got a demo a lot sooner than we did. And, and I think that you could probably say that about all of the games that were, like, announced and, and were really, um, you know, had that short yeah. release window. Because we had, I, I think if there would have been E3 in 2020, we would have seen Age of Calamity there. We would have seen Paper Mario, the Origami King there. We would have seen Pikmin 3 there. I think that all of those games would have been shown at E3. And so, I, I yeah, I think that Age of Calamity was pretty much ready to rock and you know it sounds like we're kind of picking on age of calamity and i don't mean to because yeah. I mean, the game sold really well it it's a good game um just it, it you know in terms of you know we're kind of talking about power ranking the releases of all these games that have taken place in the last three years of the show and like age of calamity definitely sticks out as the most odd in that regard 
and, pro- and probably just due to circumstance. Yeah, one hundred percent. It is what it is. I mean, if so, that I. Oh, sorry. Go yeah, ahead, go ahead. Taylor. No, no, no. Go ahead. Finish your thought, please. Oh, I was just thinking, like the day of when it was announced, it was still very exciting. It was a really cool drop. They they shadow dropped it. I was at work. It was seven o'clock in the morning. The writing chat was blowing up, posting it everywhere. And I, once again, I did absolutely nothing that day at work. <laughs> so like, it was still a cool announcement. It's just like like you said, a product of the circumstances. You know, it didn't have a very big turnaround. That probably damaged some of everybody's expectations, you know, for it. So, aside from that, it was still, like, a really cool announcement and out of left field, too. Yeah. Totally. What was your okay. question, Taylor? Uh, yeah, so that actually goes right into that, which is basically, do you think or how do you feel that Age of Calamity will affect... Uh, Breath of the Wild 2. Oh. Well, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it will. Yeah, we talked about unfortunately. this a little bit. I, yeah. We, yeah, we touched on this. Uh, was that last week we did Breath of the Wild 2 prediction? Whatever whatever we did. Uh, I, I think that playing the story of Age of Calamity makes it really hard to tie that to Breath of the Wild 2, unfortunately, which isn't necessarily something that you know, we we wanted when this game was announced, you know, I think a lot of us had expectations of like maybe there's going to be something that something that informs Breath of the Wild 2 or like maybe a secret trailer, like something in there that we can look at in the next Breath of the Wild 2 trailer and be like, oh, Age of Calamity set that up. And I don't think that that is going to be the case. Yeah, uh, I just I have a hard time thinking that Terrico is going to be running around in Breath of the Wild 2 <laughs> making time portals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> This is yeah, this that's, is definitely like I don't think it will end game time travel mechanics here. It's just gonna be its own reality, and then we're gonna continue on to the sequel of Breath of the Wild, and they're not gonna have anything to do with each other. Well, here's here's another question then. Do you think it will affect the having played Age of Calamity and gone through that disappointment? Do you think it'll affect your guys' perception of the story of Breath of the Wild too? No. Whatever it may be. No, I don't think so. No. Okay. I, I mean, I, I think it's really just going to be on an island, and it's going to be its own thing. And that's probably okay, because it'll give us the happy ending that, you know, we, we are not going, you know, we could never get with Breath of the Wild or with Breath of the Wild 2, so, and I and I think that that's okay. Yeah, me too. I think okay. that that's okay. Cool. Um, and you know what? We're going to have some, some DLC for uh, for Age of Calamity, not... Uh, not in the not too distant future here um actually as well as uh, really quickly we should mention before we move on to our last announcement of the last three years um they did announce brace yourself games did announce uh some dlc for cadence of hyrule actually they announced a ton of dlc but this one was pretty cool it was a new uh dlc chapter called symphony of the mask allison and i covered that in long form in our archives here so check that out but that was one again where i was just like really love to see that they were still committed to to bring it out more content for this obscure Zelda game. Yeah. And you know, this was this was a good year, I want to say after the game had been released. So, it was a uh, it was cool to see. I agree. And I I did like it and I enjoyed that it got me back into Cadence um a little bit at least. It was hard and it was kind of frustrating, but <laughs> it was still cool and um I liked some of the remixes that they had in that one as well and you got to play as school kid, which is awesome. I'm not looking forward to the fact that 
I will be playing this game and being reminded of how much I suck at rhythm games, <laughs> but I am 100% excited to dive back into it for a little bit to re-experience some of the gloriousness that is Majora's Mask and its music. Yeah, for sure. Well, good luck, because it is hard. hard. Um, all right, let's talk about the last announcement, and this one is fresh. This one is fresh off the block. Uh, this one happened only a matter of weeks ago in uh, in February. Uh, our first Nintendo Direct in over 500 days. We, you know, I've seen some people kind of him and haw about the the Direct and the quality of it. I thought it was great, but obviously the standout announcement for me was Skyward Sword HD. Uh, Allison and I have talked a lot about um, this. Taylor, what were your thoughts about Skyward Sword HD? Um, this is an interesting one because I totally didn't expect it either. And I actually missed the direct when it came out. So I had to quickly go back, uh, like two days later when I found out and watch it. And it kind of blew my mind in that I had always wanted this. And I know we, when we had brought Allison on to talk about Skyward Sword, when we did our Skyward Sword episode, you know, that among the three of us this is one of our favorite zelda games um right and when i saw it i think the one thing that stuck out to me was how much i wanted it but how much i didn't realize they weren't gonna do very much with at least from what the trailer looked like Mm -hmm. it it seems a lot like it's just skyward sword ported not remade right and and we did we talked about this a lot too but it kind of Skyward Sword feels like a game that it it came out right on the cusp of when everything was coming out in HD, so mm-hmm. it's just like it's such a solid game already that it just needs a little bit of a like a an enhancement to the art. I feel like it doesn't need right. much. Will it have some quality of life improvements? I'm sure it will, but I'm sure. It will. Um, I don't. A lot of people are complaining that the art looks exactly the same. It looks it. It just looks the same, and I don't think it does. What? Because if you, if you play Skyward Sword as much as I do, it's fuzzy as all hell. Okay, and it's really agreed. Dis- it's really disappointing because you're like, it's so beautiful and it's such a great game, but it's fuzzy as heck, and it came out right before the HD stuff. So, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, a little frustrated by that, but I think it's gonna look a lot crisper. Um, I think there's still gonna be some fuzziness to it, but it's just gonna look nicer and more polished. And I don't think it needs anything more than that. I'll definitely agree that um, I think it will not be <laughs> as, I guess, rough as the um, as the original version mm-hmm. on Wii. But at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about it, too, from the standpoint of... I, I think when we talked about this in the Skyward Sword episode, we were basically hemming and hawing back and forth about whether we wanted a remake or what this is, is an HD port. And I think for me, I, I'm one of those people who is like, I would it, rather than port something and just kind of sort of make it into HD, I prefer a lot more along the lines of uh, an Ocarina of Time 3, 3D or uh, Majora's Mask 3DS and where they significantly enhance the visuals. And to me, Skyward Sword HD, when I was looking at the trailer, and don't get me wrong, sorry, bottom line, I'm super hyped for this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bottom line. Don't but me. <laughs> it, But it, to me, it does look like 
they gave it the Twilight Princess HD treatment. Yeah, yeah for sure. And that I'm not as hyped about, but I'll be okay with at the end of the day. <laughs> Fair. Fair enough. Oh, oh God. I had to spit that foul taste out of my mouth here. <laughs> All right, so, so me, an intellectual is over here just like i don't care what the graphics look like i think the wii version looks fine enough for me if it's slightly more polished i think that's fine what i'm excited about is the controls yes how the controls are there you have nintendo has taken that excuse away from people that, <laughs> that deride skyward sword because of the controls if you want to play it you know with your motion plus and joy con plus and swing it around like a big old sword you can do it if you want to play it sitting on your couch, eating a bag of Dorito chips and sipping Mountain Dew <laughs> with the button-only control, you can do it. If you want to, you know what, there's, that excuse is gone. And that is what ex- is exciting about this to me. This one would be, to me, right behind Breath of the Wild 2 and the most exciting reveals that we've seen the last couple of years. Because Skyward Sword is such a, a game near and dear to my heart. I love it so much. And I feel like it just has always had all of these things, all of these stigmas around it. That made it, I don't know, that gave people an excuse not to play it without really ever giving it a chance. And in my eyes, even if even if they went the Twilight Princess route and, and didn't add, let's say, a ton of like extra game-changing content, like, uh, like let's say they did Wind Waker with the Triforce Quest and, and the Swift Sail and stuff like that, even if they didn't do that, I feel like the, the addition of those controls is a game changing uh, like implementation to put in. So like that is, that's huge. And I think that people don't, I, I really think that people aren't given that enough credit for how much of a big deal that is. Cause there's, you know, there was a lot of people that I saw tons of people that I saw that were just like, Oh yeah, maybe I'll give Skyward Sword a, a try now because I don't like motion controls. I saw so many people say that, that I really, I feel like this is going to be, I feel like this is going to be the long, the long road, but we finally reached the summit of the mountain, of the redemption of Skyward Sword, and it's going to be, I think that people, if they want to criticize it, then I, at least I think that they'll criticize it for some of the game's legitimate flaws, rather than, oh, I, I don't like motion controls, or like, I don't want Fee telling me the batteries are running out, or whatever, because I think all that stuff is going to be obviously taken care of. So I'm really excited about this one. This one would be right behind Breath of the Wild 2 for me if I was power ranking here. Yeah. And that's my spiel. That's fair. You know, it's not often that I acknowledge that Andy has legitimate viewpoints, but uh, this is definitely (laughs) one of them. I cannot believe I did not focus on this more, but you are 100% right. Like, the, the, the fact that you can do you can play skyward sword now in whatever way you want to is ab- in and by itself that is the only change they needed to have made to skyward sword to make it better and i don't say that because i hated the motion controls the motion controls work for me just fine and we've talked about this a million times in our skyward sword episodes and where andy and i never had any problems and we're not you know we had our fun with it but 100%. This takes all the excuses away from people who are like, yeah, I'm never going to pick that up because F the the Wii Motion Plus. 
and right. I, I don't like motion controls. Now you have no excuse. You're so right, and I cannot wait for the discussions after Skyward Sword HD comes out. We can find out how people really feel about Skyward Sword <laughs> and how it is one of the greatest Zelda games ever made. Yes. And that they have no excuses to say it's not anymore. For sure, for there sure. There you go. This was another one that was kind of weird where they announced it and everybody was really excited, just like Link's Awakening. And then there was like a group of people who were, who were upset that it wasn't a different Zelda game that was announced. And this one being Twilight I, Princess I thought that HD, the reception to this was worse. It was so weird. I was like, why Why do you need another remake of Twilight Princess? It's already been remade. So, And they're like, well, it needs to come to Switch. Okay, but this one has like... This one needs its chance. I don't understand that that <laughs> that thought process. So I was just like, that is so weird. Why why? Like let leave Skyward Sword alone. <laughs> I well see here's the thing though, going back to Link's Awakening remake. Sorry, Link's Reawakening, as it should be properly <laughs> yes. titled. Reawakening. Uh, <laughs> I think it, this is ju- it's just a pattern, you know? I, I don't think it matters what Nintendo announces they're remaking next there's always going to be a large group of zelda fans who are going to be upset that it wasn't their particular zelda that chose to remake even if they said tomorrow i think that they said hey we are going to remake ocarina of time and majora's mask for the ps5 it's gonna look realistic and beautiful there's still gonna be some group of zelda fans out there who's gonna be like why wasn't it zelda 2 adventure of link remade you know well, I'm going to pull an Andy Spiteri uh, here and say, as my father would say, you get what you get and you don't throw fits. <laughs> You're going to yes. like it. <laughs> yes, your father is a wise man. I love it. All right, let me tell you Let me tell you what I love about The Legend of Zelda and this podcast is, uh, you know, we, we have been blessed over the last three years to have a lot of stuff to talk about. We've, we've just listed off, like, five or six games that were announced and that have come out and that we've played. And that's, that's been so great for the podcast. Uh, I do a Metroid podcast and let me tell you something. There have been zero games announced (laughs) in the last three years for Metroid. So I I love seeing it uh, for, for Zelda. Um, And it was, it was great to go back and, and talk about some of the, you know, some of the memories we had, what we were doing when, when these games came out and it just, uh, it's nice to look back, but it's even funner to look forward. And, you know, I'm sure we're not done talking about Age of Calamity. I'm sure we're not done talking about Skyward Sword. So, you know what? It's uh, it's it's been a good it's been a good three years to be a Zelda fan. It'll be a great uh, couple years going forward with Breath of the Wild 2, I'm sure. So, you know what I'm yeah. most looking forward to? What's that? What's that? When Mossy's listens to this episode and yells at me and then yells at you two. One for yelling at me for calling it Twilight Sword, the Twilight Princess HD remake. I'm pretty sure that's what I said when I was talking about <laughs> Skyward Sword HD. And then he's going to yell at you two for not blasting me for it. You know what? I'm, I'm going to be honest. I totally I totally missed it. And you know what? I here Here's a story to end the show with. So Taylor and I were doing a show, and we've been building up to this show. And it was like, why I think Wind Waker is the worst zelda game ever. <laughs> yeah. and and i was trying i was trying to nail him down i was trying to be like you you don't you don't actually think it's the worst zelda game ever and i was i was trying to nail him allison and what i was and i was like so you don't like the characters of the wind waker and taylor i think you were like no not really 
And I was like, okay, so you think that the the final boss of um, of Phantom Hourglass is a better character or something like that? And <laughs> yeah. he was like, he was like, yeah, I do. And uh, and I think I think I botched the the final boss of Phantom Hourglass because I couldn't remember who it was. And and Taylor had said it was like Maladus or something like that was the final boss of of Phantom Hourglass. <laughs> and you could tell like neither of us have played Phantom Hourglass in absolutely forever. So I was like, okay, whatever. And we moved on. And Mossy's message me and was like, what is wrong with you? If you had any clue, you would know that Bellum was the final boss of Phantom Hourglass. I can't believe. You run a Zelda podcast. <laughs> well, you bet your sweet booty that neither of us will ever forget which boss is which in Phantom oh Hourglass and Spirit is Tracks. Clearly, the best boss of the entire <laughs> series. Let's come on, get your lives together. You know what? I will definitely agree that he was better than Wind Waker. Oh my oh, god. god! Get that junk out of here. Okay, cut him off. <laughs> Oh my god. You still you still got that gun house in Taylor. you know what, Taylor? It, it was uh, it was fantastic having you on the show. Uh again, don't be a stranger and thanks for coming on today and 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 uh and sharing and reminiscing with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and you know, uh, anytime. I I always have time for you guys. Always have time for Zelda Dungeon and the Champions cast and of course for you guys who are listening at home. Thank you for being with the Champions cast as long as you guys have. And, you know, thank you for uh, for listening, e- even when me and my crappy opinions about Wind Waker are on the show. <laughs> Amen to that, my God. Uh, <laughs> all right, that uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks, Taylor, for, for dropping by. Uh, of course, we want you guys to check us out over on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts, like and subscribe. Tell that Zelda fan in your life where they can get their weekly Zelda fix. And we want you to check us out over on Twitter, uh, at Spateri316, at Allison Aletha, and at GIF underscore Bluehawk. That is it. That's all. We're out of here, and we will see everybody next week. Take care.